It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and thank you for being with me this week. This week I have a real treat. Uh, my guest is going to be Dr. Pepper Schwartz, and she is currently traveling. I'm hoping that we're going to have, you know, be able to um, have her on time. Um, she has published so many books, and she is a sociologist. She did her PhD at Yale. I'm really looking forward to talking with her about her latest book called The, New, the Normal Bar. And that is a book that she did in conjunction with Christiane Northrup and another uh, PhD. Who And what they looked at is the normal of long-term relationships and what it really is working for people. And one of the things I am more than well aware of is how often people, and it doesn't matter what age, that they are not... That despite the glut of information, they're still not getting information about relationships or their sex life that they really want. And as an example, uh, Pepper Schwartz uh, teaches at Washington State, and she also writes for AARP. She's their love and relationship expert. And one of her columns was... Um, Sex Secrets of Millennials. And in it, and I have to tell you, when you read it, and it's at AAR, it's AARP.org is where the, yeah, where the uh, article is listed. And what, she, what the questions are, are similar questions to what are going to be asked by people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, or 60s. They're the same questions, interestingly enough. And the big focus for the men, for the, for the male students, is a lot of it is about body issue, very similar to the questions that the female students are asking. And yet I did a, um, a ladies seminar to, uh, it was a bachelorette party, and she, the, the woman who was getting married, they wanted to remain uh, celibate until they were married, and her questions were almost identical to the questions that someone who was 15 or 16 would ask. And they're about, 
am I going to be able to pleasure my partner? The next part of it is what of, of the body issue. How can I create pleasure? Sometimes the male questions are, how can I get her to do things that you know I've seen somewhere, which I have to tell you, when I get asked that question, I tell them, look, your, uh, the focus of what you are doing is you are looking at someone else's fantasy. This isn't the real world. So you're looking at what someone else wants to masturbate to. Hardly interesting. Um, well, unless, of course, you find watching somebody else all that interesting. But most people want something that focuses on them. So we seem to have a little problem getting um, Pepper on the line. She is traveling today. She's in New York. Um, she's in the middle of a photo shoot, so I'm not sure if maybe we're going to have to reschedule. And then we'll talk about the normal bar um, at another time. So what I'm going to switch to now is I was at the Adult Novelty Manufacturers Expo yesterday, which is, in essence, it is a trade show for sex toys. And I'm going to give you my overview of what I saw when I was there and what my experiences were. So imagine that you're in a big, huge conference room, and all you have around you is a bunch of sex toy manufacturers, producers, and what what are they focusing on, and what are the good things coming out of it, and what are the other things that are kind of like, please, you've got to be kidding me. Because I have to admit, I do have a rather, um, how can I put this nicely? I am not very kind about products that are crap. And, and a lot of things that have been in the field and the area of sexuality and of sexual pleasure have been things that they knew they have a built-in no-return policy, so it didn't matter what they were producing. They knew no one was going to be sending it back to them. That, to me, is an irresponsible uh, way of conducting business. One thing that is a big thing that is, is coming forward, which will have a big impact in the field, <clears throat> to, excuse me, the FDA has put forward the, in the, let me back up for a moment, the most crowded of uh, sexual products is the area of anything to be put on a body to enhance sensation. So many people will just glibly call anything a lubricant. Well, in order to qualify as a lubricant, truly by the true um, legal definition of it, you have to have gone through tissue studies, you have to have had a, uh, you end up, <clears throat> it's an expensive process that shows that the ingredients in the product are safe to be used and introduced internally into a body. Excuse me for a moment. <clears throat> and what happened in 2003, there was a, um, the um, FDA started asking, saying, do these products have the proper qualifications? Do they have, have they applied for and have they been tested properly? And, and many of them had not. 
And so they would get around doing that by referring to their product as body glide or a um, something, but they wouldn't use the term lubricant. Well, what has happened now is the FDA has come back and said to uh, people, we believe um, we don't have the proper qualifications. You don't have the proper qualifications for this. So the long and the short of this for the consumer, it means that a lot of products that really should not have been out there in the first place are going to get removed and taken out of um, manufacturing, and that's going to shrink that market area. So you will have products that have been which the one thing that's good about uh, an FDA, and it's called a 510K, is that you know that you can make certain claims about the product. The downside of it, however, <clears throat> is that it is, there is animal testing that is done, and that is absolutely not my favorite thing. Um, one of the tests that they do that is so absurd is they tape a thermometer inside of a rabbit's uh, rectum, and then they inject the product into the bloodstream of the rabbit to see whether or not there's a change in the body temperature. Now, what in heaven's name does that have to do with what is going on with, you know, the use of a product? Lubricant isn't going to get into your bloodstream. I mean, please. That's just so. Anyways, that's. But the the good part of it is, we do have coming forward that, and it's supposed to be Q4, so the fourth quarter of 2014 or the first quarter of 2015. <clears throat> excuse me. There will be um, mandatory that people who are going to be using that name, um, using lubricant, will have to have a proper um, certification. They'll have to have a um, testing. So the products on the market are going to be, in my mind, are likely going to be of a better quality. I still always tell people, please be aware, if you are using a lubricant, you know, read the ingredients and make sure it's something that you're comfortable with. I always tell people, avoid dyes, avoid scented things. I don't recommend using the um, the hot and the cold because those the types that are being typically marketed as a weekend package, they are, um, because the hot product is invariably, the thing that's making it hot is capsaicin, which is hot chili pepper. I hardly think you would really want that, you know, inside yourself. Uh, no. So, when I'm coming up to my first break here in uh, about a minute, and then I'm going to talk about the different products that I saw, the new things, because what I look for when I go to the adult novelty is I want to see what's new, what's trending, what's coming forward. And this time it was a different show for me because I go twice a year. And this time I saw some stuff that and heard some things that I have, that I hadn't heard before, which on the one hand was surprising for me, and on the other hand, they were comments that very much 
echoed what's happening, you know, for the rest of um, the economy. Many times people think that when there are, you know, a bad economy, there's going to be fewer things being purchased or there's going to be more things being purchased. However, we are coming up to my first break here. Thank you for being with me. Um, Unfortunately, my guest is not able. I know she has a photo shoot in New York right now, so perhaps they are keeping her looking glamorous in front of the camera, and we will have her next. Be back after this break. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. This is Toginet, cutting-edge radio. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. <clears throat> Um, just before the break, I was talking about what I saw at the Adult Novelty Show. It's held twice a year here in Los Angeles at the, um, this year was at the Universal, pardon me, at the Marriott in Burbank. Just to give you an idea of what it is, there's three different areas. There are manufacturers, there's distributors, and what they do is everyone is there to show, um, to um, sell to main buyers for stores, for brick-and-mortar stores, and for online stores. One area that has had a big impact is, neither, you know, it shouldn't be a shock to any of us, um, is Amazon. And what Amazon has done is it has backed in to the manufacturers, and it is buying at distributor price and then selling at just above distributor price with free shipping. So needless needless to say, there's a bit of an impact for someone who is a smaller, you know, um, online store. They simply can't compete. Uh, That's one of the things that happened for me that I found I simply could not um, 
be competitive because most online shoppers, when I, you know, because it, I did have, you know, a very healthy little store, but uh, with Amazon, they came in and people are price shoppers. So they, you know, went on their own way and are purchasing directly from the manufacturers. So that has had an impact on bricks and mortar um, businesses. And also the manufacturers now are putting product online. They're putting it that you have to buy like a minimum of five or six. That way they're getting around their own customers who are saying, hey, what are you doing? You know, you're going to be putting me out of business here. So anyways, I walk in to the adult novelty. And what I look for is who's there, who's new, and what are what are the bigger trends that are occurring. One of the biggest trends right now is people wanting to align themselves with an attitude of sexual health or promoting sexual education. And for some of them, I think they're doing an okay job. For others, I'm like, come on, you got to be kidding me. You just, this is like putting new and improved on a package. You're not giving sex education and you're not promoting sexual health. You're just using those terms. So that's one thing that when people are giving you information or claiming that they are, be a shrewd consumer. Look at what they're doing. Another area that I, when in speaking with people, I, I talked before that the price of things and the impact. And for, I, I was surprised how many badges on the second day still had not been picked up. And I asked, is, you know, this, how come? And it wasn't very crowded either. So I know that people are, they're not doing as much buying. I was told that. I was also told that uh, things have been very slow. There's also been, anytime there's a real trend or a real growth area for any industry, invariably, everybody and their dog is going to jump on the bandwagon. And that is, is also what has happened in the area of uh, sexuality and, and, and sex toys. Everyone now has their line of a um, uh, soft bondage, or what 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 I would you know refer to as vanilla bondage. And there's one group that has called Sports Sheets. They're one of the best. They're 13 years now. Everyone has their little line of you know things that they're doing, which is you know. Some of the stuff is like absolutely awful. Um, sounds good. Sounds okay. Now I see that. Now, Pepper Schwartz, are you with me now? I am. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I um, I, I had the ringer of my phone turned off by mistake, and I didn't realize that you were trying to get me on time. I thought, well, you know, it's not time yet. It's not time yet. And then, of course, it was. So. My apologies. Not a problem, my dear. I just sort of switched to talk about the adult novelty show. So, oh, anyway, fascinating. <laughs> it, it, you know, I have to tell you, it is a fun thing to go through, and I also love to go with someone who's never been around um, yeah. adult novelties or toys because they give me the fresh eyes, which I love. And and some of the trends that I saw this time were 
you know, as I was saying, more people trying to represent that they're doing sex education. Um, some are, some aren't. And, you know, some are just like a total joke. And there's also more people who are coming forward, who are entrepreneurs, who have created a product themselves because other, because they could not find what they wanted in the marketplace. Hmm. And so I saw two more of those. And then I also got to build my own vibrator. Oh, that's interesting. Is it like a kit? No, well, you know, it's not a kit, but it's something that's done by a company called Crave, and it's in San San Francisco, and they literally have make-your-own vibrator uh, that they put on to get people introduced to their products, because they make them all in San Francisco, cool. which I thought that was absolutely terrific. So, my dear, welcome to the show. Thank you for Thank being you. with me. And one of the first things I wanted to do is, I'm just going to, I had sent you some questions, but I can just like, you know, run with, you know, I wanted to talk about your, your latest book, uh, The Normal Bar. And um, how, because people, ladies and gentlemen, listening audience, Dr. Pepper Schwartz is a sociologist and one of the top sexuality educators in our field. Now, how many books do you have, Pepper? 14? 20. It's 20. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like obsessive. <laughs> no, no, that's fabulous. And I think you published your first one in like 1970. Um, God, you're good. I think it was 19... It was 1970. Yes. <laughs> you're better than I am. <laughs> you know? Which just important. shows you what a young child I am. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know, and I looked at some of your stuff, and so Dr. Schwartz also does work for, she is the online uh, uh, relationships and sexuality expert for AARP.org, uh, American Association of Retired, is it people or persons? Um, you know what it is? I think it's persons or people, but rather they, they sort of just kept the initials and decided not to call it um, retired persons anymore because people aren't retiring. So now they just call it AARP. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> no, it's not, no longer is that that, you know, at a certain age, you just all of a sudden, you know, you, you go out to pasture. No, 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 no. Um, but I, I was looking at the one article that you had written on uh, sex secrets of the millennials and that you had on the AARP.org site. And what struck me about it is you also teach at um, Washington, it's Washington State, correct? Uh, University of Washington, right. University of Washington, okay. And I was looking at that article was based on, you know, the anonymous questions that you have the students submit and that you read mm-hmm. them and answer them right at that moment. I was struck by how similar those questions are from people of college age to the similar questions that I get from people who are AARP age. That's fascinating. <laughs> you know, and you know, it's kind of like that. Our, uh, so I was going to ask you this question, given that as a sociologist, and I want to know about the AARP survey about things that surprised you or you know, the motivation behind doing that survey, that are we getting better at people getting information about sexuality? 
Well, we couldn't get worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's true. So I think I think we're getting slightly better in the sense that you know the 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 boomers you know kind of broke open the taboos of conversation and you know there was certainly a percentage of them that you know kind of made the change from no premarital sex to talk about to at least saying yeah we did it and that's fine you know and so it was always going on but now it's it's much more the norm and understood to be what most people will do so you know i think there's i think that one thing is the internet i mean you can get information now and you know, granted, it's a varying quality, but at least, you know, if you're not near anyone you can talk to, you can go there. So I think there's been some increase in in, in literacy about sexuality and permissions. But, you know, when you get those individual kinds of questions that you get from your audience and I get from the students, some of which are dreadfully misinformed and, and very much cause people pain and anxiety, mm-hmm. Um you know, you go like, well, we got a distance to go here. Right. Now, it, when, if you were coming into this field, we have three minutes until our break, if you were a new professional coming into this field, what area would you focus on in the area of sexuality? What would, what would, what would be the tractor beam for your interest? Well, I, I think I would look at, um, non-monogamy um, more as um, accommodations that more people are making, not that they believe in non-monogamy, but I think they expect it more. They try to make rules of it. It used to be the only people who would make rules about it were gay guys. And now I think there's this sense among the young people where, no, we don't want this to happen, but if it does, we want to deal with it. And then there's certainly the polyamorous who are saying, you know, we want to construct our sexual lives along different ideals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an interesting <clears throat> thing to talk about, not not as a, a trespass, but more as a negotiation that that is a new thing that that people do. Where you know, where do they want to be on the on the continuum? And I still think I would I would study sexual pleasure because I still think there are many people who have trouble achieving it period, and then achieving it in a long-term relationship. So those would still right. be areas to me that I would have in, be of interest. Mm-hmm. I, um, <clears throat> I would agree with you on the uh, people wanting to have pleasure because when things boil down to it for most people, when they're asking me, what can I do? They do want their pleasure, but they also want to be able to create the pleasure for their partner. And that's something that the non-monogamy and also other groups who have, you know, uh, different um, focus of pleasure, they can certainly teach vanilla people a lot about negotiation. Now, we're coming up to our first break. My guest is Dr. Pepper Schwartz, and we will be right back after this interlude. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo. Dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Levinsky. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran former law enforcement officer and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Now here with today's edition of God in Country is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. My guest today, Dr. Pepper Schwartz, and you can find her at, it's, it's drpepperschwartz.com, correct? It is. It is. Thank you. Okay. And you can, uh, she's on the site there. You can join, get um, her newsletter and things sent, and she's also at org. She is their sex and relationship expert. And if you are confused, just do a Google search and you will find her everywhere. Okay? Now, <laughs> I love that you made that point about the non-monotony because I do think we have been so programmed that monogamy is the only type of relationship that can be respected. And I'm really seeing that many more people are looking at how can we negotiate what is the reality that we are going to be attracted to other people. 
And yeah, and I think, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I think it's, you know, just it's not yes or no. It's like, how do we feel about it and how are we going to manage it and where, you know, what what happens if. I mean, it's, it's better than thinking, you know, it's so taboo we can't talk about it. And then if it happens, it blows us up and it's the end of it. I think people are being more practical. I I would concur. And, you know, for the people I know who are in the area of um, what we would refer to as kink or, you know, alternative sex preferences, they could teach vanilla people so much more. Vanilla being the people who are, you know, they like their sexuality the way they like it and they're not going to add, you know, different things. They're not interested in, you know, pushing boundaries for themselves. And But they negotiate everything. So they know exactly what they're going to get. They know what they want. And I think that's a big thing that many times people have their sex lives by default. Yes, they don't have a sex life of choice. And people also have relationships by default. They don't have relationship of choice. And that's something that when you are talking, when people are writing to you at aarp.org, are they relationship questions going into a new relationship? Do they run the whole gamut of things? Are they sex questions? What do they ask you? Oh, everything. Everything <laughs> from relationship questions to sex questions. Um, although the sex questions tend to be pretty repetitive because ARP is, um, you know, people over 50, um, quite a few of the more troubling questions are about, you know, loss of ability mm-hmm. and or one person's loss of ability in some ways being inflicted on the other. I mean, you know, typical question, um, either, you know, my wife says she's through, it doesn't, she's not interested anymore and I'm not and I don't know what to do about it. Or she says, um, I'm still interested in sex, but you know he has diabetes, or he's had cancer, or prostate operation. He can't do penetrative sex anymore, and he said basically, if I can't do that, I can't do anything. I don't want it. And what am I supposed to do? So, a lot of things where either because of health or mm-hmm. perceived age problems or whatever, mm-hmm. one person won't be involved. The other person has, you know, maybe very traditional issues about, you know, staying monogamous and they feel trapped, you know. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of, I think a lot of the issues come for people who are at different stages in their sexual cycle. Right. Um, and they're trying to figure out what to do because they don't want to be, the person who's still in the game doesn't want to be sexless for the rest of their life. True, true. I mean, I've had <clears throat> that from both sides from both women and men and, you know, people who are um, straight and gay. And yeah. the the hardest one is, I remember one person who the wife was feeling completely rejected by the husband because he, um, she was still interested in being sexual, but he wasn't. But what, and so she right. thought she was being rejected, but in all actuality, what was happening is because of his smoking and his health and medications, he could not get an erection, which yes. he did not tell her. 
So well, she, I think sometimes people are so embarrassed about this, you know, that yeah. they they don't really level with each other. No, they don't. They so you know that's what that's what you out here for, my dear, is to have them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like okay, <laughs> let's get. So the new the normal bar. What was the behind that book? And you wrote it with Christiane Northrup, correct? Uh, with Christiane Northrup, who's not the one that you think. She's actually not the famous one. She's a very, no, very she's famous a different, name. She's a different. Yeah, and then a guy named Jim Witty, who's a demographer. And it was actually Christiane's idea. She's not a um, an academic or a trained sex researcher, but she she sort of felt like, you know, she wanted to know what other people did, what other people thought, who were happy, not just what was the average thing people did, but, you know, what did people who were happy do? And she um, wanted to be happy, and she wanted some, you know, some guidance. So she wanted to do a study that would, you know, be a sociological study. She didn't have the training for that, so she found Jim and I, Mm -hmm. and we put together this study that was in, I don't know, eight or nine countries, I can't remember how many plus our own, Mm -hmm. about, um, you know, what is it that people do, and what emblematic of really happy people and a lot of questions on sex but also issues about you know honesty and trust in general on uh, secrets on um, housework on you know all the stuff that people do in an intimate relationship what were when you <clears throat> wrote that book and I'm going to ask you the same question if you can tell people about the AARP survey that you did because I heard you do a keynote on it in San Francisco. Oh yeah, and there were there were some things that surprised you that came out of that. Oh well, <laughs> there's so much. I'm sorry, this is sort of trying to think. I think, I think in the um, normal bar survey, I think I was surprised at a lot of. Oh gosh, but I think how much. Um, lying there is between partners and um, some of it in a good deal among happy couples as well as unhappy couples. Um, And what are they lying about? Well, you know, even just taking, if we were just the two that men and women did, take sex out for a second because of course people do lie. (laughs) They certainly lie a huge amount about each other's performance. People are not giving each other feedback on sexuality. No wonder people don't get better. You know, everybody says that was wonderful, right? Unless mm-hmm. they're mad at each other and they said it was awful. But, <clears throat> but they don't, you know, really tell the person, you know, what they want. And, and as people got older, they lied, they lied more about performance because, you know, there was more to lie about. But they, I think they're so worried about hurting the other person's feelings that, mm-hmm. you know, they can't fix it because they're not telling each other what's going on. Uh, men often, on, on non-sexual issues, men <laughs> lie the most about telling their partner, they were on the way home when they weren't. <laughs> they were okay. in some other place, but they said, I'm coming, I'm on my way, and they weren't. Women lied a lot about the cost of things. <laughs> but, oh, really? but what was interesting, which was um, comparing the people who lied the most were the French, the Spanish, and the Italians, and about sex or anything else. And, and But they said they felt differently in Americans. Americans feel, oh, telling the truth is really important. But the Europeans feel like, None of our business. It's none of his business, and we have no obligation to tell each other the truth. I mean, it's private. 
<laughs> I mean, they had a, like a whole different vision of, you know, what they owed each other. How interesting. And the and the other study, um, the the um, ARP study, oh gosh, there were so many things that were interesting. One of the ones that I took was some of the differences between the Hispanics, people in the study who have Hispanic ancestry, mm-hmm. compared to other people. And they sex was more important to them. They did it more. They enjoyed it more. And they even, all of that was true, even if their health was appreciably lower than a comparable sample of the Caucasians. Huh. Now, how much more sex are Hispanics having versus Caucasians? Well, it was maybe, you know, 15, 20%. But but what's interesting to me is that when a lot of people, and, and I'm not saying it's not true, but a lot of people tell us, you know, if you just look at the Caucasian sample, you know, it's our diabetes, it's our heart condition, it's this, it's that. Real things are keeping us from, you know, doing sex and thinking it's important anymore. Whereas when the Hispanics, you know, again, not everybody, but more people than, than in the Caucasians had some of those same conditions. They still said sex was important, and they still found a way to do things. Well, you know, it's interesting that you, I, now that, you know, I'm reminded of that comment, the, um, of the men who I know who are Hispanic in long-term relationships, they're not going to let their health get in the way of, ha- of having sex. Exactly. They, and, that, that, and that's what I think so so important. Hmm. Intriguing. Now, wasn't there was something? I thought there was something about. No, it was a different study where the. Um, did they have the? Did you ask, ask any questions about pain in the ARP one? There was a little bit of that. It wasn't a. Um, a focus of it, but yes, there was certainly quite a few people having painful sex. Right, because that's something that uh, the work out of um, Indiana that right. uh, Debbie Herbenek did, um, saying you know that you know how many forty percent of the women were having you know pain with their most recent sexual encounter. She's going, what in heaven's name is going on here? Now we don't want to go to our next break on a down note. We're going to come back. <laughs> We're going to talk about best sex advice that we can give to people. My guest is Dr. Pepper Schwartz, and author's latest book is Normal Bar. We will be back after this break. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. 
Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright. Mondays at 5 p.m. Central. Get ready for Wise Up Radio, leveraging your learning, leadership, and legacy with Donna Kimbrand, the edgy evolutionary, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're an entrepreneurial leader or visionary, stay ahead of your game with insights, tools, and strategies that give you the thought leader's edge. Each week, join Donna and her guests as she'll ask the edgy questions, help you discover game-changing shortcuts to better thinking and learning, how to explore the ripple effects of leadership excellence and how to create your life as a living legacy where the legacy you leave is the life you live as thought leaders you need strategies to help you enjoy the confidence and thrill of riding the wave of rapid change for more on donna check out her website gamechangerthinking.com then join the conversation and sharpen up your wits on wise up radio with donna kimbrand tuesdays at 1 p.m eastern here on the rockstar radio network Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, my guest this week is the esteemed Dr. Pepper Schwartz, and you can find her at pepperschwartz.com or at aarp.org as the love and relationship expert, and her latest book is Normal Bar. So, Pepper, if someone is coming to you and they can't decide if the person is the right person for them, what are the questions you ask them to have them see if they're choosing the right person. Well, you know, it, it, uh, it's such an interesting thing. I don't, I don't know if you know about this um, uh, strange um, TV show I'm involved in called uh, Married at First Sight, which is on oh, you uh, did. Arts and Entertainment. You, you did. You were talking about that. <laughs> well, it, and so it's interesting. Of course, that's a, a TV show about arranged marriage and, it's on Tuesday nights for the next 10 weeks. And when we were putting that together, here we're going to arrange marriages. You know, we had to think about what were the things that were important. And um, so I've done a lot of thinking about telling, thinking about what makes somebody right or wrong for somebody. I think, first of all, I think, you know, you always have to figure out is is your hesitation, is the person's hesitation about um this person, or is it a hesitation about their capacity to commit, or is it a hesitation about the institution um, and its traditions, and whether you know they're right for them? So mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it 
it's always interesting to to see what's making people uh, hesitant or unsure of themselves, and it could be one or all of those. Um, I think I think for me, you know, I'm I'm always um, interested if if these people. Then why? I mean, is it is it mutual or is it you know code? Is it dependent? Is it codependent or is it additive? You know, you sort of like does this thing carry them forward better into life, mm-hmm. um, or does it is it is it grasping for a lifesaver? You know, right? Um, so I think things like that is you know um, are are sort of the kinds of questions I would know about anybody regardless of who the two people were. Um, mm-hmm. I think partly, I mean, there's certainly red flags that make it easy to say, don't go there. Mm-hmm. You know, people who have anger management problems, things like that, you know. Um, but I always think, you know, it's that it's that additive, dependent, or subtractive thing that you want to see is going. Um, you know, a, a, a really good relationship should make you feel like you are stronger and better in the world together and that you add to each other's life. You're not saving each other's life. Right. I, m- one thing that I always tell people is it's always lovely to hear words, but I ask you to pay more attention to someone's behavior than the words because yes. the behavior is the thing that tells you everything. Because I've it's watched people, I've watched people do some really not loving things, supposedly when they're saying that they, you know, were being loving to someone. Now, so th- it, so it's now it's now running because when we were at the um, in Minneapolis, because uh, Pepper and I are on the uh, advisory council for the program of human sexualities endowed chair at University of Minnesota Medical School. You were talking about it, right. but you couldn't talk about it. <laughs> yes. Well, it, the premiere was last Tuesday. Right. I see, see that. Now, how did you choose these couples? And it is called Mar- Married at First Sight, correct? Yes. They, they meet each other at the altar, which is a pretty dramatic experiment. I wouldn't... This is one of those things I'd say, don't try this at home, you know? Um, <laughs> It took four of us a lot of time thinking about this and, you know, no guarantees. Um, These are people, they sent out a call to people who said they thought they'd been unlucky at love. They no longer felt that they personally were competent, you know, to find the person they wanted. Okay. Um, And they were interested in being, you know, having a relationship arranged for them. Um, And, of course, we had to... So we got a lot of people who came in thinking we would find them someone, and then only when they came into these, we had groups of like 100 people talking to them, uh, then we they had a um, sign a non-disclosure, because this was before the show was done, and then we told them that, well, you know, here's the deal. It's going to be an arranged marriage, and I thought they'd, here's something so interesting, Lou. I thought they'd all drop out like flies, like 50% would leave and say, are you crazy? And then 25% would leave after that. Mm-hmm. Only twenty percent left total. Really which tells me that people only twenty percent of all those people left and said, "I don't want to be married at first sight." So to me, it says there's a lot of wow, very chaotic dating out there, and people are getting 
they're getting insecure. They just don't think they get it, get it anymore about how to find somebody. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if you can tell me this, but are they married in the first show? They are. <clears throat> wow. The first show, the first show, you see them at the altar. You see them see the other person for the first time. Wow. And there's a variety of reactions. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I don't think you. I mean, they're really a from. Oh my God! I mean, he says this. I'm not giving you. And they'll probably replay it Tuesday night. I think it's nine o'clock uh, east and mm-hmm. eight o'clock central. And I, I'm not sure what it is West Coast. I think it might be nine o'clock, but people have to find out. On the FYI station of uh, A and E, but one of the one of the guys of the three couples looks down the aisle, and um, this is uh, Jason and um, Jamie. I'm sorry, Jamie Otis. No, Jamie's with with um, Doug. Oh, okay. Um, and Jamie, well, so so Jason looks at Courtney, his the person we pair him up. Says, "Oh my God, she's so hot." <laughs> no, he just he can't be thrilled. Um, and they're very, it's sweet. That would be more in that. But Jamie comes down the aisle. And you remember, these people I know very well now, and I care about them. And uh, I'm not saying anything out of school, because you could have seen it on TV. She decompensates. She, she's a sweetheart of a person, and she's a very beautiful woman. She looks at Doug, who's a, you know, I like Doug a lot. So I think he's adorable, because I know him so well now. But she looks mm-hmm. at him. First take, he is not a classically handsome guy at all, and she kind of has everything she can do to to just stay at the altar. Oh, really? She's crying. She's crying. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm. <laughs> it's painful to watch. It really is. And tomorrow night, people will find out what happens next. But um, and then the third couple, I can't remember. I think you see them. Um, and, uh, they, they look pretty sweet together. So it's, it's everything across the board. And then we follow them for the next six months. And we thought, you know, we matched these people on a variety of things. They, they all got clinical psych, uh, psychology tests, you know, the way a clinical psychologist would take a, an overall, um, battery of tests. I went and met their families and their friends and looked at the places they've lived. Um, Logan Leventhal, who did the sex part you know, try to get a, a sense of their attractions and sexual values and experience. And mm-hmm. then we had a chaplain. We talked to them about their spiritual values. We did criminal checks on them, financial checks on them, health checks on them. Pretty thorough. You know, I think the first reality show, uh, you know, Who Wants to Marry a Millionaire, and they hadn't done all of their background checks on that dude who turned oh. out to have had just like a raft of things that were misrepresented. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't believe that. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, in the sense, like, you think, you know, how could they not have done their homework? I mean, I, I, when before I agreed to do this, I, I said, are we, these people going to get a prenup? Because I don't want anybody to get in a situation where they have economic debts from somebody else or whatever. So we... We tried to think of everything we could do to protect people who are willing to be this brave and this experimental to try this out. Now, so they are legally married now. Well, I'm now, now that I know that it's, it's released, <laughs> I'm going to go and see if I can, you know, find it somewhere and watch it. If you it. go to, it's on DirecTV, it's on Infinity, 
But if you go to www.fyi.tv, mm-hmm. I think they'll show you the casting show on that in the first show. I'm not positive, but I think they will, and you can catch up that way. Okay, that's great. And I that and we're coming down to our final minutes here. Did it feel oh. good when you were finished with working with them? Oh, I would love to answer that. I would love to answer that um, because I, I promise, promise, promise that I couldn't speak to the future, only to the present of okay. what you've seen. Okay. Um, but I, I'd be happy to talk about it later. Then <laughs> <laughs> we will have you back, my dear. And I want to go over some of you know your other work and other things that you have done because you have such a broad base of stuff that it's almost like going into a candy store for me and just, you know, pick and choose, you know, for for discussions on things. I love the thing from the AARP survey that, that, you know, the importance for Hispanics of their sexuality and, you know, doesn't matter. It's like, we're going to, we're going to stay focused here. We're coming down to our last minutes here. What would you like people to know, Pepper, about what's coming forward with you? Well, you know, there's a couple things. Um, it's interesting. I, I'm working on um, <laughs> this is something. I it's a little bit odd for me, but I'm going to be doing a, a book. Well, first of all, I want them to see the Mary of First Sight show. I think it's really amazing. That's mm-hmm. that. Uh, secondly, um, I have a book coming out in October uh, with Fromers on uh, places for passion, the 75 most romantic places in the world. Oh, how and fun! I, th- I think it is fun, and I think there'll be wonderful places to go with their honey. And I just feel that when you want a romantic vacation, it should be foolproof. So we tried our best to do it, and be happy to talk about that sometime. And then I have a another book I'm trying to finish on Fifty Myths of Human Sexuality for for college students, and finally a book on Forty Snap Strategies for Great Relationships. So it's been a productive year, and uh, uh, no, um, I'm. You know, I'm 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 tired. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to put these things up, and I'm going to put them out on you know Facebook, Twitter, and the best of luck and enjoy your time in New York. Thanks so much, Lou. Great talking to you. Same. Take care, honey. Bye-bye. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget. 